Welcome to episode 62 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to stay physically and mentally healthy during this lockdown under the COVID-19. Uh, but before we get to that, we're just going to talk a little bit about life that's going on now and some current updates. Ryan, how you doing? You look uh, you look dapper this morning. <laughs> yeah, when I first came on, you asked me if I have a job interview today. Oh man, yeah, I haven't been wearing a tie in a long time. I, I still have slippers on, so I'm still you know in, in, <laughs> I'm still in home mode. My my business shoes still have dust all over them, but yeah, I've got a, a client I'm conducting a Zoom webinar for this afternoon, so it felt like the perfect occasion to to dress up, and I just did a little bit earlier before we record this podcast. So yeah, it feels good to, to have something on the, the calendar that's hopefully a sign of, of things to come. If, um, you know, if this continues and we're working from home, hopefully there's more businesses that recognize, okay, we can't just postpone our training indefinitely. We need to invest in our employees, especially if they've seen productivity dip. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's uh, more, more work to be had. But yeah, things are, things are going well. I, I heard yesterday that my son had one of his friends that got a haircut at home. I'm not sure who his barber is, but somehow somebody came to his house to cut his hair. And it got me thinking about so many businesses that operate out of a physical location. Okay, they're bricks and mortar businesses that have no ability to contact their customers directly. And this is something I think will, will shift a lot in the future that businesses are going to recognize that customer information, phone numbers, email addresses, the ability to initiate a conversation with a customer, to share information, to invite them to purchase a product or service, that's going to be a huge shift in business owners' minds. I think they'll recognize the importance of having your customers' details as, as an asset that that business possesses. Because I'd be open to getting a haircut, you know, it's, it's been a while and um, I could, could use a trim and there's ways to do it safely, you know, wearing masks and gloves and disinfecting your equipment. And so there's these possibilities that you could still make it work, but I'm sure most barbers have no way of contacting their customers. Even though I've been going to the same barber for six years They've never once asked for my phone number or my email, so they have no way of letting me know. Actually, my barber moved locations uh, just this year, early in 2020. And I went to my old barber's location and it was, the doors were shut, it was locked up. And I thought, what, you know, what's going on? And I, fortunately, the way that I walked home, I was walking right by the new location but I didn't recognize it. It has a different branding, different image, everything. And one of the barbers opened the door and said, Hey, like we're in here now, you know, just letting you know. And, and I went right in and had a haircut, but they had no way of contacting me and letting me know. And I think that's something that's definitely going to shift in the future. And we'll have to record an episode about um, customer relationship management software and collecting your customers, details, communication, sales tactics, how that will really ramp up and explode after, after this is over. So that's a little thought that I've been thinking about. Um, what about you? What's new? How are you doing? 
Well, I'm, I'm certainly getting tired of this confinement. Um, it's all things considered, I think we have it pretty good in Morocco. The number of cases are, are not that high. I think it's about 2000 um, and the number of deaths is very low um, compared to other countries. You know, the weather is, is fairly nice and the food supply seems to be doing well and electricity and water and sewage and trash collection, all, all those things are, are right on track and, and there's been no misstep um, by those companies or the government. So I'm very happy about that. Um, I, I am starting to get worried about the poor, um, mm -hmm. about very poor people and the working poor, people who, who need to work every day to eat. Um, I, I honestly have no idea what they're doing right now. I don't understand how um, someone like that can, can go from working every day to not working for an entire month and, and still like be alive. I mean, I, I'm, I guess it's something I don't understand about the culture or the ways that are happening. But as far as I know, the government is not just like paying people directly like the way they're doing in Europe or the United States, like that's not happening. So I am concerned uh, for people. I am reading articles on Le Matin and L'Economiste and right on the front page, these journalists are questioning this situation. I mean, they understand the confinement, but at the same time, this, the financial instability of people is, of course, it gets worse every day that the, that we're, we're shut down. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, as of the recording of this podcast, you know, France has extended their deadline to May 11th and Morocco has not announced whether or not April 20th will be the last day or not. So I'm hoping that there'll be a gradual reopening on April 20th and, and, uh, those will remains to be seen, but, uh, you know, as of right now, they still don't have testing. So I tried to figure out if I could get tested to see if I ever had the virus and just didn't know it to see if I'm now immune, but apparently you can't do that. Um, it's interesting to see economically what's happening during the shutdown, especially for, for businesses that are not providing services. Some of them have decided that they're going to keep charging like, the schools, apparently, private schools are basically telling parents, look, we know the school is closed. We know that we're not teaching your kids, but we're still going to charge you tuition. Um, and then for me, like, I'm not even thinking about charging my clients during this time. Like, their businesses are closed. They're getting zero revenue. I mean, how am I going to come to them and be like, you need to pay me for doing nothing also? Um, so... Um, I guess if you can charge your customers, even when you're not providing anything, you have a pretty strong business model and your value, <laughs> your value proposition is very, very good, I guess. Um, yeah. At least that's what the schools think. I, I don't know if that's going to turn out to be true or not. I'm honestly like deliberating. My wife and I were deliberating whether or not uh, we send our daughter back to private school because uh, it, it will be a hard a hard pill to swallow if they say we're going to charge you tuition for the for the basically half the year that we've been closed down because I, I i personally don't think schools are going to open for the rest of the year but um, well i mean there's going to be a ton of attrition with private schools because 
if the schools decide not to open, like if, if that happens and they basically write off the rest of this year, then as you said, that's like a whole trimester completely wiped out, which at a lot of schools that will cover the entrance fee for a new school, you know, the new inscription fee at a new school. And so if anyone was even on the fence considering, oh, we might move to a new neighborhood or we haven't really been happy with the school or we're thinking about switching our kid, this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Just don't pay for this last trimester and start somewhere new in the fall. And I think there'll, there'll be a huge shift in movement amongst private schools. Going back to what you were saying about the poor, I wonder if there'll be a big push by the government coming out of this to get more people registered, you know, to get more people kind of living on the grid per se. Because in the past, I can imagine people being resistant to it and recognizing, oh, the government just wants more taxes. They just want me to register, get on, on the grid so that they can take some of the, the money off me that I'm making each day working, working hard. But in a crisis like this, you can recognize that when the government's wanting to help people, there's no system in place to do it. So the government was very quick to offer um, some, some salary subsidies for people that are registered, you know, for employees that are in the CNSS system. Mm -hmm. And small businesses have been able to access that to, to have their employees receiving, I think it's a couple thousand dirhams a month or 1,500 dirhams a month to subsidize them a little bit, to try to help keep these businesses afloat. But for any business operating under the table or any employee that is living off the grid, they can't access that money. Because as you said, you can't just walk into an office and say, hey, I, I collect recycling or, hey, I go door to door selling fruit. You know, they're not just going to hand you dirhams. There's no system to, to um, register that. And so I think there could be a real influx of, of ideas for how are we going to get people on the grid to prevent things like this from happening so we can help them in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's very, it's not complicated. I mean, it may be difficult, but it's not complicated. You cut taxes. I mean, it's pretty simple. Basically tell every, every company out there that, that 100% of your employees up to 5,000 dirhams net pay zero taxes. That's it. You want to, you want to encourage companies to hire you want to encourage people to, because right now they're big companies, even like Carrefour, Marjan that have black market employees. Mm -hmm. You walk into Carrefour, those people that are at the cashier, a lot of them are not on the payroll. They get paid in cash every week. They don't exist when it comes to the government. So it's not just your little Hanout that's not on the grid. It's these big corporations too that are not paying taxes and they're not mm -hmm. declaring their people. So if the government wants to bring people out of the black market and they want to encourage employment and they're going to need to do something after this virus because the economy is going to get slammed. I mean, you and I were doing math before we started this call, but it's, it's safe to say that, that every single month the Moroccan economy is losing a hundred billion dirhams in activity just from tourism. Yeah. That's a very conservative estimate for sure. Right. And, and so the economy is going to get slammed. And you need to cut taxes. You need to cut taxes and regulations. They need to do a moratorium on these whole like business statutes that you have to have in your statutes, what activity you can do. You know, that's crazy. 
it's crazy during times like this, the economy is going to change dramatically. You're going to have businesses that have zero customers coming out of this and their statutes are locked into what they were used to do, mm -hmm. but they can't do that anymore. So they have two choices. Either I like close my business or I go through the whole, you know, bureaucratic process of changing my statutes, which can take weeks or months. And oh, by the way, the government office has to be open in yeah. order to do that. Yeah. Right? Open and functioning. And we just know there's going to be a huge backlog of things for government since they've all been closed for this whole month. Everybody yeah, hopefully, who wants, hopefully uh, this is a catalyst for them to put a lot of these processes online as well. Yeah. Because there's going to be lineups out the door at every single bureaucratic office in the country when this all ends. And you just think, oh, so many of these processes could just be automated and online and people don't need to come in physically. But hopefully this is a catalyst to make that happen. Yeah. So you asked me how I'm doing. I'm, uh, this is hard. It's hard not to work. I mean, I've still been doing, trying to do brainstorming and doing Zoom calls with potential partners. So I am thinking about the future and, and what it will look like, but it's still stressful. Um, the kids confined at home, um, not able to go out. You know, they know something's wrong, but sometimes it, it manifests itself in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're crying for some reason, but it's not really the reason. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I can only imagine what it's like for some of these families that have two or three generations in the family and they're all in the same little apartment and, you know, they can't get out. Um, to me, that's got to be psychologically very damaging. Um, and the longer it goes on, the, the worse it gets. Um, yeah, well, that's why we wanted to have this discussion today, which is like, how do you take care of your mental and your physical health? well on lockdown, well in confinement, because there's obviously the, the stress of, you know, s seeing the, the death toll rise or just knowing that there's a virus out there that's contagious and can be really deadly. Um, then there's also the economic stress added to it. Many of us have lost income or we're, we're facing financial pressures. And then there's all this uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen coming out of this, uh, where the economy is going to go how long this is going to last so much is unknown. But then in addition to that, well, we're at home, there's all these stresses, as you mentioned, we're confined with with our family, some people in very limited spaces. So amidst all of the challenges we're facing, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we make sure we're, we're physically and mentally healthy? So what what have been some things that have have helped you? You know, this is obviously difficult. And there's, there's challenges, but what have been some of the positive things you've done that that have been uh, an, an asset to, to your mental and physical health? Well, I think it's absolutely essential to get outside every day. I mean, if, if people are staying indoors all day long, I, that, is, that is a terrible idea. Um, and as far as I can tell from the law, you are allowed to go outside and exercise. Now you're not allowed to do it in groups like sporting activities, but you're allowed to go outside and walk or run or ride a bike or scooter or something like that to get outside, get fresh air, get sunlight, um, walk around. To me, that is absolutely essential. Um, and honestly, I don't think people are doing it because when I go out, I don't see them. So I, I think that would probably be my number one recommendation. 
it has been proven that that sunlight and fresh air is actually antiviral, meaning it, it kills the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways to essentially help the virus is to stay indoors out of the sunlight. I mean, that is a bad idea. So what do you mean when you say, as far as you can tell from the law, like if I just go on a bike ride and I'm wearing a mask, but I'm not headed to the grocery store, I don't, I'm not going to the pharmacy, I'm just riding in circles around, uh, you think that that's okay? The police won't have a problem with that? I mean, I get, I don't know. I mean, it, according to the, the rules, you are allowed to exercise. Now, what point are you violating it? How far away from your house can you get before you're violating the law? To me, this is one of the, the things that's not clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like you should be able to get outside and get exercise. And as, as long as you're staying away from other people and wearing a mask, it should be allowed. But yeah. Um, I don't know. Yes. I don't know what the enforcement is. It's one of the things I've been really wondering about because I do have a bicycle and I, I really miss riding around. Like I, I just use it to, to get around and beat traffic and, you know, get a bit of fresh air and exercise just going from meeting to meeting. But since this happened, I've been thinking I would love to just go for a long bike ride just to like see the ocean again and yeah, get some, get some sun, get some fresh air. But I've been hesitant to do that. I have been uh, going for runs, but I've been a little bit nervous about meeting a police officer or something. And so I've just been going around my block, like very close to my home. Mm-hmm. And the other challenge is you definitely can't run with a mask on, you know, like you're breathing far too heavily and sweating too much. So um, I'm running by myself. I'm not touching anything. I'm not um, coming in contact with any other people, but I'm doing that just to try to keep active and yeah, that's, it's kind of one of those things that crosses over both to physical and mental health. Now, even for people that, that live in an apartment or don't feel comfortable um, risking a run in with the police, you can uh, open up your window and spend time, you know, every window there's certain times of the day that it has the most access to sunlight you're going to want to be strategic with that. So spend time sitting inside that window when the sun is on it so that you're getting that vitamin D, um, looking up at the sky, just feeling the fresh air. These things are, are hugely impactful on your mental and physical health. So you got to take advantage of that. Yeah. And, and getting exercise and sunlight promotes sleep. So that would probably be number two. Make sure you mm-hmm. get enough rest. Don't stay up all night, like watching television um get enough sleep get enough rest um you're already under enough stress as it is if you're not getting enough sleep then you could just get sick from that um not even covid-19 so you know mm-hmm. um yeah you want to have your body as strong as possible during this time and so sleep is essential uh, yeah. the other thing i'd say is um don't read the news all day long. Um, maybe check like once a day, but in terms of mental health, like, look, we get it. The world is in a really bad place right now. Mm-hmm. You don't need to remind yourself of it every 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. It's not going to change and you're not going to benefit. So 
um, focus on things that uh, can benefit you. When we've talked about this, yeah. um, how you spend your time, this is an opportunity to learn a new skill, to uh, develop a new capacity, to to learn something new. So, yeah, uh, spend your time reading or consuming content that that will help you either now in your business or in your work or help you after uh, this lockdown has stopped. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you need to kind of monitor your own mental health and ask yourself if the media that you're consuming is helping you, is this benefiting you? If you're struggling with anxiety, if you're you know finding that you're uh, excessively checking statistics or just you know scrolling through and, and looking at uh, new stories or um, yeah new information about the virus and how it's progressing, you may need to detox a little bit. If you're compulsively refreshing these things, you you probably need to take a break. And even from screens in general, even if you're just spending too much time staring at a screen, you may need to just unplug. You know, even if it's just half a day, you say, I'm going to go for half a day without using a screen. I'm going to turn off the, the internet or I'm just going to plug my phone in somewhere else or shut it off and try to go for several hours in a row without using a screen. These things can be really beneficial to our mental health. I would also add laughing. We need to have some, some fun. We need to have some laughs. And there's been studies that have proven that a real good hearty laugh can relax your muscles for up to 45 minutes afterwards. And it actually boosts your immune system. So if you're nervous about getting sick or um, that's one of the ways you can protect yourself is by making sure that you're laughing, that you're spending some time really laughing at something. And we do have access to great comedians and funny shows, whatever it is that, that you find hilarious, make sure you work that into your life. So it might mean choosing to, to watch a comedy rather than, you know, following the scary or, you know, intense series or movies that you typically watch. Yeah, completely agree. Comedy is essential during this uh, this season of life. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that uh, having a routine will also re reduce stress. Um, getting up in the morning, maybe doing some physical activity, doing some reading, um, getting in the habit of doing something. So that when you get up in the morning and there isn't the stress of like, what am I going to do with myself this day? Yeah. Um, because the uncertainty and the having to make a plan and make a choice every day, it just adds to your level of mental stress, um, which you can avoid. Um, start your day one way, do have a routine, you know, get to the afternoon, do something else. Um, pick up a new activity. I mean, I, wasn't in the habit of doing a lot in the kitchen before this uh this crisis but i've been experimenting on baking things so you know try to learn something new develop a new activity to to bless your family and to uh pass the time and uh and have it be sort of a stress release i mean my personality is i thrive off of getting things done um and that makes this season especially difficult because it's like can't get anything done. I can't go engage a new client. Like there's no advertising campaign to do. There's no, uh, 
I mean, there's some work, but but 90% of it has been eliminated. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, try and check off those activities. We've been doing some reorganizing around the house, um, painting, fixing things. I've got a bird that wants to nest in the in the in the shutters of the of a window in our bedroom, and man, it is loud. Like 4:30 <laughs> in the morning, I mean, it's just squawking. So there's a project, you know. I got to figure out a way to keep this bird out of the rafters without killing it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So you've you've got a creative outlet. That's another way that we can uh, assist our our mental health is doing something that's that's creative, that's challenging you know, baking or cooking or writing code or editing photos or sewing something or making music, creating art, you know, all these things are a creative element that really can lower our mental stress. And it's fun to, to use that as a, as a hobby or as something that you're developing that might have a, a purpose coming out of this from, from an economic perspective. It might be useful in, in business. I love the idea of having a routine. Um, you know, I'm a big, a big push, uh, pusher of the habits. So having a, a morning routine, having a schedule, these, these positive things. And then also there's ways to, to um, be spontaneous and do something out of the ordinary to keep it fresh. You know, we're spending so much time locked into the same spaces with the same people that if you think outside the box, you can make something a little bit special and, and do something unique or different. So um, it might be playing a new game that you've never played before. It, it might be, uh, you know, doing a special meal. Like we, we did like a, a picnic lunch. So instead of just sitting at the table, we put out a blanket and just ate on the ground just to make it special and different. Um, my kids and I, last weekend, we slept outside, you know, just put some, some sleeping bags and blankets and, and just did something just different, you know, like camping kind of, uh, we can't go out to the forest or to a beach somewhere, but this was a way to, um, you know, see the stars and, and just do something fun and unique. Or my wife and I, we went to the grocery store, uh, but we went early, like we went and we brought coffees in the car and we just parked in the parking lot of the grocery store and just had like a, a date. So it was just the two of us, we left the kids at home and um, it was like going to a cafe, except it was just our car at the grocery store. But that's kind of what we're working with right now. So trying to think creatively about how can we uh, still have fun, still do things that are different and unique, keep it fresh and, and lively, break the routine a little bit to, um, to make the days a little more exciting. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a good idea. You gotta keep it, uh, gotta keep it fresh. Um, you got to have things to look forward to. You got to have uh, uh, sort of uh, breaks from the routine. Uh, so having a good routine, but also changing it up is a good idea. I mean, the last thing that I'll mention is if you do have one of these sheets from the government and you are allowed to leave your house, you should really consider like how you can help your neighbors. Um, there are approved activities, you know, grocery store, pharmacy, Brico Deco, like bricolage. Um, there are things that you can do that are allowed and you may have neighbors that, uh, that need help with things. And so 
one of the great ways to reduce stress is to to bless other people to help them so you know go around ask your neighbors do you need me to go to the store do you need me to um i don't know try to repair your shoes or are you having a plumbing problem you know just go around and ask your neighbors what's going on how are they doing can you help them in certain ways and you know if there's a, a spirit of of assistance and and being a good neighbor um, that will reduce stress universally around your neighborhood and around uh, around the country so um, i'm sure that there are people who are vulnerable to this disease and they don't want to take the chance of going out and you can help them by doing the uh, activities that need to get done yeah town. that's fantastic that's a really good point generosity just uh, boosts our spirit gives us hope and when we fixate on other people and focus on them it helps take our eyes off ourselves which can yeah reduce our anxiety and our stress so that's an excellent point point. and my last one is just about maintaining our social connections so one of the reasons why our mental health can be really challenged is because uh, we just don't have the same social interactions that we used to. We don't have a variety of, of connections in our life, our colleagues at work, just even people that we're seeing on the street, or a lot of people aren't in touch with their friends. And I just encourage people to make use of the tools we've got, like FaceTime and Skype and Zoom, to, to hang out and to, to chat. We have some, um, some colleagues that we played like a, a game games night over Zoom. and we're all, um, you know, in different parts of the world, but uh, we just enjoyed doing that as best we could. Even though we can't be together physically, it was an opportunity. And there's been other friendships that I've kind of rekindled because of this crisis, because people are at home, because people have maybe a bit more time on their hands, but more so that you're just thinking about digital connections and who you can reach out to. That's rekindled some friendships, which has been a huge boost to my emotional health and then even with family, you know, I've spent time chatting with my, my family, people that I don't live with directly, just using these tools. And so make sure you're getting a lot of social interaction because that's been proven to be something that we need as humans. We thrive on it and it's a big impact on our anxiety levels and our mental health. Completely agree. So I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, Stay safe, uh, stay healthy out there. By this time next week, we'll know uh, whether we're allowed to leave the house, whether the state of emergency has been lifted or whether it's been extended. We can hope and pray that this virus continues to decline or at least uh, plateau and that economies around the world will open up and we can, we can get back to talking about business.